What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of Mendoza Line. As always, my name is Cam, and his name is Nick, and we are here to discuss all things playoff baseball, which is very exciting, is it not, sir? It's a wonderful time of year. But yeah, good to, good to be here tonight, ready to talk some, some playoff baseball. Um, it's been a good playoff so far. A lot of, uh, a lot of drama, some, some upsets already. So, and we're already, uh, moving, moving along in the, the championship series. So this time next week, we should know or have a, be close to knowing who will be in the world series, but a lot of stuff to talk about so far. Definitely as, uh, with any baseball playoffs. A lot of a lot of really cool things happening, some surprising things, but uh, no no shortage no shortage of drama that's for sure. Mm, yeah, so much drama it should be on TNT, right? <laughs> yeah, still it's, uh, it's on <laughs> it's on TBS, I guess close enough. Close enough. So, yeah. Same family of networks, but it feels like so the the regular season ended two weeks ago. So as for us as teams with rooting for teams who did not make the playoffs, it feels like they haven't played forever, but I guess it's only been two weeks. Yeah. But I will say how much faster the baseball playoffs go than like, say the NBA or NFL playoffs or sorry, NBA or NHL playoffs, which is the oh, last those two ever. They last two months. It's ridiculous. I know. So the, the point that the, the season's been over for two weeks and we'll know in a week pretty much who's going to be in the World Series. Like, that feels super fast-paced. Yeah. Which is ironic because of how freaking long the baseball season actually is. Basically, yeah. <laughs> baseball and football, you got pretty much six-month... Well, I guess football's more short, a little bit shorter, but... Yeah, one month is a great, great time period for playoffs. Two months is just ridiculously too long. Yeah. Although, you know, when your hockey team's in it and good, it's worth it, but... It's a whole nother season for those guys. Like teams that make it all the way through the Stanley Cup, like they play, they play almost half a season worth of games more than anyone else. It's crazy. Yeah, but to be fair, baseball you play every day. Those other sports you need two or three days in between. So that's you know, hence the the length. But still, yeah, you're right. It does tend to drag on, especially with like when the first round is the seven game series. It's like, can we just get to the good stuff, please? But anyways, let's let us. Do get to the good stuff. Let's start breaking on playoffs. This is a baseball podcast. Exactly. Let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll start in the American League. So there was a little bit more drama in both series uh, with that, but start with the, the Red Sox-Astros. So Astros won that series 3-1. So pretty, pretty good series, but also um, not really in doubt, I would say. Um, Game one and two, Houston pretty much dominated, winning both games eight to two. Uh, Boston took game three pretty convincingly, and then game four was game four was pretty close uh, with Houston winning five to four. Uh, that was that was actually a really good game. Boston almost forced a game five, but they um, a little bit of second guessing as as is most um, most of the time when playoff managers lose. It's pretty easy to, to second guess their decisions, but the uh, the thought <clears throat> was that um, you know they used Chris Sale a couple different times in relief, and um, John Farrell left him in a little too long. He had gone four innings in Game Four and given up a few pretty hard hits, and then by the time they turned over to Kimbrel, he gave up 
uh, what ended up being the go-ahead hit. So, yeah, John Farrell ended up getting fired after this. So those Boston, <laughs> those Boston teams, man, they they've got some uh, outrageous expectations for their. You know, he was the first Boston manager to ever win back-to-back AL East division titles. I found that pretty incredible, but wasn't enough to for him to be able to keep his job. So, um, yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Like I get that they blew it in the playoffs two years in a row, but you're winning the division. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like, what did you do wrong? Um, I won the division and that was it. So sale, you know, yeah. Chris sale. I mean, he, at the end of the day, he, he really struggled. So he had that nice relief parents to be able to extend the inning. I mean, he got left in a little bit long, but overall he threw nine and two thirds innings and gave up nine runs. So very, yeah, it's not sustainable. Very unchris sale like, and ultimately, you know, Red Sox needed him to be able to advance and he fell short. So, and I think you just have to give the Astros some credit too. They've got a very, very good offensive team. And when you combine that with Keichel and Verlander, who, you know, are off to good starts, um, that's going to make for a tough team to beat in the playoffs. So, uh, Verlander, it was actually interesting. They brought him in for his first ever relief appearance, which he was okay in, but it's kind of been shown in this trend of, you know, especially in those game five or those so shorter series of, you know, managers bringing back their aces for relief appearances more aggressively than I think they've ever have in the past. So um, still he was, Verlander was great um, in that series, got two wins. So had a great start and then did just enough in that relief appearance to keep him in the game. But uh yeah, the uh the Astros they're they're gonna be good. I mean when you look at their offense and what they can do and then um when they're you get the pitching like they said, um it was enough to beat the Red Sox and we'll see here uh, when they take on the Yankees who we'll cover next. But Yeah, I'd like I'd like to change my World Series pick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, go ask, go Astros. And frankly, I'd love to see them win just because I want Verlander to finally get a ring. Like, I want that. Yeah, that's definitely something to... Very, very badly for him. Yep, and I mean, it's this is one of, one of his better chances, and he's going to have a lot to say in it, for sure, um, at the end of the day. But overall, I think you got to give the MVP of that series to Altuve, though he was, he was pretty amazing. Hit three three home runs in game one. Ended up hitting uh, five thirty three, uh, slugging over eleven hundred in the series. So got on base. Yeah, he got on base at a sixty three percent of the time. So he was he was amazing, like he has been the whole year. I mean, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. How he was probably the runner up for MVP. Um, which we'll talk about the actual MVP in his series that he had, but Gary Al had a really nice series, hit over 500 as well. George Springer had a nice series. So, yeah, Astros are 
Astros are good, and they they took care of the Astro or the the Red Sox. So Dombrowski, he's gotta gotta figure out how to get over the hump. He's got a pretty good track record of not getting it done. Yeah, I would say when it comes to winning the World Series, he knows how to put together a really, really, really good team that always blows it. Can't blame the bullpen as much as I mean it was the pitching. You know, it seems to be the pitching more than not in his his failures in the playoffs. But yeah, his his Chris Sale addition. I mean, David Price wasn't a starter in the series. He didn't have enough time to ramp up. I mean, he was pretty solid, but I mean, he that's a guy that has had a lot of postseason struggles as well. So, you know, when you look at Boston next year, they're, they're going to have a really good team again. But, you know, the questions that for them at this point are playoff success and not really getting into the playoffs, which is tough. That's a high bar to, to cross when you've got, you know, the teams that you're playing are pretty dang good too. Yeah, and I just think for them, it's like mentally, it's got to be really tough to know that you've pretty much dropped an egg the last two years in the playoffs and you have to wait an entire year and play another 162 games just to try and get the monkey off your back. Yep. Like that's got to be really draining mentally and emotionally for them to deal with in the off season and then to get ramped back up for a really long regular season just to see if they can make it in the playoffs again. Assuming they even make it to the playoffs next year. Yeah. Now, you know, you would think that, yeah, not a given, but you would think with the talent they could, they could accomplish it. But, you know, just to get back to the point to try and prove to themselves that they can do well in the playoffs, like the road is going to be really, really, really long just to even get back there. And that's just got to, I mean, like that's got to suck to, to feel like that, you know? Yep. And now the Yankees are back and they're going to be, yeah. they're going to be battling <laughs> oh, it out no. pretty much every year. And, um, you know, the, Maybe the Blue Jays are a bit of an, on a downturn, and so I mean it's looking a little bit more like it's going to be Yankees Red Sox year in and year out again. But yeah, I mean it's it's a tough bar to cross. So a few other notable performances for the Red Sox. I mean Rafael Devers, you can't really blame him. He had a great series. He had a couple home runs, um, five runs batted in, hit three sixty four. 429 base percentage. That's the youngest guy on the team, probably having the best performance. Uh, and then you look at the, one of the older guys, Hanley. Yeah, he, he had a really good series average wise. He had eight hits and 14 at bats uh, with a walk as well. So he had, a, he had a really nice series, the timeless one. Probably permanent DH from here on out the rest of his career. But, um, you know, Mookie Betts was okay. At 300, but uh, you need more out of you know, Ben and didn't really do much. So he had he did have one home run that uh, gave the Astros or gave the Red Sox a, a lead briefly in game four, but besides that, he didn't really do anything. Pedroia didn't really do anything. Bogarts had one hit and 17 at bats. Ouch! So that's yeah, that that hurt. So, but yeah, Red Sox are gonna be. Looking for a new manager and for some more playoff success next year. So, Dusty Baker, his uh, well, we don't want to spoil it, but his his contract is up at the end of the year. So, aha. Uh-huh. All right, should we move on to Yankees, Indians? 
Yes, please. Because there's uh, there's some good stuff here. And some not so good stuff, but some good stuff. So I know you're really probably tearing up that the Indians have been outed. So they, that was actually, you know, probably the best series of uh, the division series with the close second to Nationals Cubs, but Yankees after dropping first two in pretty dramatic fashion came back to win the series three to two. Um, it's just like it's like the Indians don't want to win. <laughs> like they get right on the doorstep of winning, and they're like, ah, "Nah, just kidding. You guys take it. Go ahead." You know, you could argue that the Yankees won four games in this series, and <clears throat> so it was a pretty dominating by the Yankees outside of Game One when Trevor Bauer, out of everyone, just dominated <laughs> the Yankees. Um, but I think the storylines of this series was just how bad Corey Kluber was, which was very surprising. I mean, this is our AL Cy Young Award winner, and he was he was on normal rest, both of his starts, and he was bad. So that... Well, he's not the only award winner that was really bad this series either. No, so. that's true. So, yeah, we'll get to that, but Kluber in six and a third innings gave up nine runs. <laughs> so... That makes me so happy. It's just warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah, and then Andrew Miller, he uh, had a decent series, but the one run he did give up was a was a big home run to Greg Bird in Game Three, which that's the Yankees' first win and turned it around. So you got a lefty on lefty, and that you know could have been a, that probably was the series changer when you look at it. So, but I, I don't want to skip ahead too much. So Game Two, which was the crazy game in the series. The Yankees jumped out to a huge lead. And then a really controversial call. There was a a foul ball. Actually, the ball hit the bottom of a, um, the bat, one of the Indians' bats. There was two, two, two players on, so they, the umpires called it a hit by pitch. So it loaded the bases, which replay showed pretty clearly that the ball hit the hit the knob of the bat, not the player, and then Gary Sanchez caught it. So that that should have been a strikeout inning over because there's two mm-hmm. outs. Instead, there's two or bases loaded, and then Francisco Lindor hits a grand slam to, to bring it within a run, and then ultimately, you know, Indians win the game in 13 innings. So. Girardi basically initially he was like, well, I didn't have enough time to challenge it, and then the next day, the next day he's basically like, yeah, I screwed up. <laughs> I should have challenged that. Yeah, well, good for him for owning it. I mean, that's in such a high pressure situation. Like we just saw John, you know, he, obviously John Farrell wasn't fired yet at this point, but like, good for him for admitting it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's a really kind of ballsy thing to do in the position he's in for the team he's coaching. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For him to say, I mean, it was obvious, but how often do you see managers not take the risk of admitting mistakes because it could cost them their, you know, job theoretically. Like I just, I was just happy to see him do it. For sure. But I mean, it was massive, massive point of the game. And yeah, I mean, luckily the Yankees were able to, that will ask them, and then they, I mean, they really took care of business after game three, game four. Um, Severino was awesome, and then game five was all Didi Gregorius hitting two home runs off of 
Kluber. And then, you know, when the Yankees get a lead, they are set up really well with Conley and Robertson and Chapman um, and Chad Green. They've got four legit guys in that bullpen. They can really shorten the game. So that's their that's going to be their winning formula moving out, which is which is pretty solid. And we've seen that work in the past. And all those guys have been great so far. So that's how the Yankees were able to to take care of business in Game Four and Game Five once they were able to squeak out the the Game Three win. And yeah, ended up taking the series. So hats off to the Indians. They've they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule, they would say. They've gotten some really good performances from from their pitching, uh, specifically. You know, Severino came back after that terrible wild card game and threw threw a really good game in Game Four. Uh, Tanaka has came back from you know really pretty bad regular season, and he's been great in his two uh, pitching performances this this off season, and even CC Sabathia in Game Five against his old his old team in the Indians gave him he gave him four plus great innings, and then when the wheels came off, they really came off. But I mean, that's a guy that he's been terrible for three years now. He's basically just you know, right now at the end of his contract, which is this year, but he's he's stepped up, and I mean, he's become a viable option for them. Um, they they started him at Game Five instead of Sonny Gray, who was really bad in his start. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. As much as I hate to say, I mean, the Yankees are they're probably the the underdog of the playoffs at this point, and for anyone following baseball knows they they're um. They did well. I mean, they they lost a tough one last night, but you know we'll get to that. But they're right in it. I mean, they're they're in familiar territory here, being down two zero in the LCS. But um, nice series win for them over. They're probably the prohibitive favorite, the Indians, a team that won twenty two straight games at one point this year. That number that number is still insane. Yeah, to me. still insane. But talk about you know we talk about the series that the Yankees had, but how debilitating for the Indians and Indians fan must that be to have that team and to, uh, to come up short like that. And, you know, I'm not totally sure of their, con- you know, their contract situation, but I mean, they, they came into this year healthier than last year, pitching wise, you know, you have that Kluber. I mean, Kluber was amazing last year in all his games. He just kind of ran out of gas pitching on three day- three days rest, but he was pitching on full days rest. You had Carrasco pitching. Well, you had Bauer, he wasn't very good when he pitched on short rest, but he was great in game one. Um, but they, they couldn't get it done. So probably going to be the favorites again next year, but you know, anything could happen. Injuries can happen to their pitchers and, um, they could be in a tough situation again, but what kills me about the Indians and then we'll move on. But you know, how can you be one of the best teams in baseball? And they just, Last year was the same thing. They're just their outfielders are just so bad. I mean, you've got <laughs> Jason Jason Kipnis as your center fielder, a guy that has been a second baseman his entire career. Yeah. And they've had they had Austin Jackson playing left field. And Jay I mean Jay Bruce had an okay series, but he had a critical error in the top of the ninth to really blow the game up in game five. So I just it just fascinates me how the Indians can just I mean, they played some Lonnie Chisenhall out there. Ew. They played a little Michael Brantley, but 
for as good as they've been, their outfield for two two years now has been it's been pretty bad. Yep. Yep. I'm not gonna shed any tears, that's <laughs> for sure. I, I will say before we move on quickly that I do know some people that uh, live here in Kansas City but are transplants from Ohio and are very, you know, diehard Cleveland sports fans. Bless their wretched souls. And uh, some of the Twitter rants I saw were just, oh, mwah, like, <laughs> so good. So good. And one of them made the joke that you always make, which is, sure, because the Yankees need the magic to have the ball bounce their way. Like, you know, of course, the Yankees, they've just been so belabored for the last, you know, 20 years. They just need things to go their way right now to help, you know, their fans cope with how bad they've been. I read it and I was like, oh, man, it's like Nick wrote it. It's my favorite (laughs) joke, but to be fair, I mean, the Indians, the only player that did anything on offense was Bruce. You know, he hit... He hit 278 and had a couple home runs, but their their catchers were the only other te- only other players that really did anything. Carlos Santana had four hits and 19 at bats. Lindor had two hits and 18 at bats. Austin Jackson can't believe he got 14 at bats, but he was three out of 14. Uh, Kipnis was four out of 22. I mean, these are all averages right around the Mendoza line. So. <laughs> Lonnie Chisenhall was 0 for 4. Urshela, he really killed them. And he had two errors, and then he also hit. Uh, he was 2 out of 12. So, I mean, the Indians' incarnacion was uh, 0 for 7. So, I mean, they were just bad offensively. They weren't that be- much better pitching-wise. So, you know, outside of Game 1, with Bowers' dominant perspective, performance they were they didn't deserve to really win any of those other games so yeah and the more i look at it the more it makes sense that the yankees really i mean for as close as that was they really dominated that series i would say so but anyways yeah well, the, the indians uh they've got a little bit of work to do i think offensively uh and defensively to to make sure you're not Given too many at bats, you're not given 12 at bats to Giovanni Urshela or 14 <laughs> to Austin Jackson next year, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, better, I wish them all the best, but not really. Yeah. Better luck next year, but I also don't feel sorry for you. So, so yeah, just uh, to put a bow on the, the American League. So, we've got the, obviously, we've got an Astros Yankees American League Championship Series. So, we're, we're two games in. The Astros won the first two games um, off two just fantastic pitching performances by Keiko and Verlander. I mean, Verlander last night was just amazing. I mean, a complete game, nine innings. The uh, Astros won it in the bottom of the ninth off a crazy play. So, Well, can we just, for the moment, just say how rare in oh, the playoffs a complete game is? Oh, so pretty much now, I mean, if a starting pitcher goes five innings, that's the new seven or eight. Exactly. So, I mean, he was he was just making them look stupid all night. And Man, the dude the dude is he's got skills. He does. <laughs> and he he's one of those rare pitchers that you know, the batting averages against increase every single time. And they were they were talking about the broadcast it it jumps up a little bit the second time around, but it actually goes down a little bit third time around. Bag average against, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't have the 
exact numbers, but it was it was really impressive. So yeah, Verlander was amazing. I mean, anytime you can go nine nine innings, thirteen strikeouts, one walk. Um, I mean, Keuchel was just as good. Seven innings, ten strikeouts, one walk. So they they are going to have to be solved by the Yankees if they want to have any chance. So they're not giving the Yankees a chance to to use their bullpen and to lock it down. But oh, I did. We we almost forgot to talk about Aaron Judge. So. So as bad as the Yankees were, I mean, as the Indians were offensively, we got to talk about a few performances, especially by our American League MVP Rookie of the Year, Aaron Judge. So, yeah, he, we talked about this briefly going on the air, but he was terrible, terrible in this series. Like, I don't even know how to describe, because terrible is not a bad enough word just atrocious like yeah putrid um so our mendozi winner for the most strikeouts in the league this year the only one that was over 200 struck out 16 times in 24 (laughs) at-bats 16 times and that's including <laughs> that's almost 10 percent of what he did in the regular season so he had, in one series he had 20 at bats he walked four times and struck out 16 he had one hit which was a double which was pretty big i mean he got two runs but he hit 0.50 so less than i just bad slugged slugged 100 16 strikeouts um so yes really bad Gary Sanchez was bad. He had 10 strikeouts, 23 at-bats. But he did hit two home runs. But, you know, probably the MVP of the series was Greg Bird hitting that, that home run in Game 3. But he had all, he also had another home run. It uh, hit two twenty two, but it had a three sixty four in base percentage and good, good slugging. Um, Aaron Hicks did pretty well. But, yeah, I mean, him... I would say Bird and obviously Didi in Game Five, um, hitting those two home runs was big. But um, I mean, it's not like the Yankees knocked the doors down outside of that. But they got they got have to get better performance from Judge from here on out if they want to have any chance. Because we're not we're not talking about the mid '90s Yankees here. That that lineup isn't isn't very good outside of you know him and. You know, when you look at the regular season, Sanchez and I mean they've got some decent guys when you look at Gardner and Hicks and Bird's a pretty good player when he's healthy, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're good. I just wanted to um say that like Aaron Judge has to be, in my estimation, and I'm sure the estimation of many, many other smarter baseball people than me, one of the most confounding individuals to play the game in a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, we're about to hand him the Rookie of the Year and the MVP award, and the dude can do nothing but strike out, it seems like. But he hit a bajillion home runs and a bunch of RBIs. Like, it's just, it is so confusing to me how a player could be literally so hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I haven't done the research, so I can't back this up with, with actual stats. This is just kind of a gut thing. But, like... How are you, how, like, how is it so hit or miss with him? Well, he's one of those all or nothing players. 
Um, and when you get into the playoffs where everything is so, you know, hyper pressurized and that strike zone is huge. And the pitch, I mean, you're talking about these are the best pitchers in the game. He's not getting a feast off of your number four or five yeah. pitchers or average middle leaders. He's getting the best of the best. So that's going to expose, that's going to expose some people. So, right. So my point is though, if, if he's going against the best of the best and he's hitting at a zero five zero average, does he deserve all the praise he's getting? Well, cause that's, that tells me no, 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 he doesn't. That's going to really, we're going to, we live in an age where that's that all that matters is, you know, when everyone's watching is in the playoffs. So, you know, he, that was one division series. He has a championship say, series here to, you know, begin to right those wrongs. <clears throat> but if this is, becomes a trend, then yes, that will absolutely affect the narrative moving forward on him. Well, and it, it just makes me wonder, like, is he going to be an absolute flash in the pan? Like the brightest flash in a pan we've seen in maybe forever. Or, or is he going to figure it out? Well, and we talked about he's, he's not a young, like he's 24. 24, 25. So he's not a 20 year old coming in. So he's, he's got, um, he's not, yeah, he's not young. That's what I'm trying to say. So he's, it's not like he's getting killed by, you know, guys that are way older than him. He's, he's at the age where he should be continuing this on. So he's doing a little bit better in the first two games. I mean, he's, he's one for seven. Only, you know, he's got three strikeouts. Um, in a walk, so he's three three strikeouts and eight eight plate appearances. So, still not very good. But we'll see when it when the series heads home. I mean, the Astros are a little bit. I mean, no one hit against the first two guys. So, when they get to face you know Morton and Peacock in games three and four, you know, that's his chance to really bust out. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, American League we're two zero. Astros have a lead. I, I'm feeling pretty good. I think the Yankees will definitely make it a series. I, I'd be pretty surprised if it's a sweep. I'm feeling pretty good about the Astros. They the play last night where Correa doubles into the gap and Altuve kind of stumbles and still scores. There's an amazing where there's an amazing shot where. The Sanchez is about to get the ball, and Altuve is not even in the screen. I mean, the ball beats Altuve easily, but Sanchez can't field the short hop, and Altuve scores. It's one of those moments where, like, maybe this is the Astros series. Mm-hmm. You know, if he digs that out, all he has to do is dig it out, and he's got him beat by a ton. So, but he did it, and they scored. So, those are the sort of things that happen when, you know, sometimes it's the the things are going your way and that's how you win those series. So, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about an Astros appearance in the world series, barring a pretty epic collapse. So, and, uh, Keiko and Verlander looks like they're going to be leading the way. Mm-hmm. Go get that, go get that world series, Justin. <laughs> we'll just cover the National League real quick. So the, the Dodgers diamondbacks was probably the least dramatic, most dominated series, which is interesting. Considering the the trajectory that L.A. was on at the end of the season. You know what I mean? And how, I mean, Arizona's not a bad team. No, a lot of people said that 
you know, the Diamondbacks were giving him a lot of a lot of problems, but not the case, which is no you know, baseball's just a weird game, man. Like this sort of stuff just happens. It's it is interesting how that happens, but I mean the the Dodgers were able to set up the rotation and they were able to throw Kershaw in game one and Rich Hill in game two and then Darvish in game three. So, you know, Kershaw was he was okay, but good enough. Hill was good enough. Um and they got some good bullpen work. Um Brendan Morrow, he's he kinda is their go to guy in the middle innings. Um Kenta Maeda was great in two innings, four strikeouts, nothing else besides that. And um Darvish was good in game three. And then they were just able to hit enough as well. And yeah, the Diamondbacks just weren't really able to do anything. They couldn't get anything off the ground. So that was a little bit I yeah, I expect a little bit better series, but um I mean Grinky was he was okay, but I mean he had to be good. Like he's their ace. He he was only able to, he was only able to go five in game one and give up three three runs. Um, Robbie Ray wasn't very good. So I mean, there's some you have some questions about you know when they used Robbie Ray in the wild card game when maybe they didn't need to, and he had to come back and and pitch on shorter rest. Um, and for actually he started game one and the Green Key started game two, and when they lost both of those games, this this series was over. Tywin Walker was bad. So, yeah, they didn't really have much of a chance. Their pitching was was not very good and didn't give the chance for their lineup to really do much. So, which is disappointing. I wanted to see, I really like Paul Goldschmidt, um, but he wasn't able, he only had one hit in 11 at-bats. Um, you know, J.D. Martinez, I wanted to see him do well. He did okay, four hits and 11 at-bats, but. You know, these guys are only getting 11 at-bats, so. Yeah, that's not that's not a whole lot. It's tough to do much with that. So, the pretty thoroughly dominated series, you know, one of the few. So, Dodgers are set up better now um, going into the championship series, which we'll talk about. Um, and, you know, the Cubs have a pretty grueling series with the the Nationals, we had to use pretty much everyone to where the Dodgers were able to set up there. They didn't even have to use Alex Wood. So, this is the Dodgers' year. If they don't win this year, they're never going to win. <laughs> so, everything is set up well for them. Well, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely their year to win the NL. Um, but, Houston, man, like, it's going to be, uh, if it's Dodgers-Astros, like that's going to be must watch baseball for sure. That's going to be a, it's going to be a good series. I mean just think about it like Kershaw versus Keuchel and then um you know whether it's um Rich Hill or Yu Darvish against Verlander like that's pretty darn good. I know. I'm I'm personally I'm kind of rooting for a Dodgers Astros World Series. That would be a lot of fun. Cubs Cubs Yankees would just be disgusting. That would be that would be hard for me to watch. <laughs> yeah, you would hate every second of that. I know. And Cubs Astros would be weird because they were divisional yeah, foes division for run. so yeah. long. Mm-hmm. So that would be really interesting. Yeah. Well, let let's not forget to talk about the uh, Cubs Nationals because um, that was probably 
if the Yankees Indians was one A, that was definitely one B as far as dramatics goes. A lot of storylines with this one. Well, and and let the record show that that I brought this up so that you can gloat. I'm being a good co-host here <laughs> and letting you letting you rub it in my face that the Nationals did not win this. Well, I just I I wanted them to prove me wrong, and and they didn't. And they didn't. I they couldn't get out of the first round. They did a good job of beating up on a terrible NL East team in their division this year. And the Cubs, I mean, they're they didn't throw they didn't throw Verlander or Keiko out there, that's for sure. I mean their their pitchers were not world beaters at all. And you've got you had a you had two games from Steven Strasburg that, you know, you you're talking about one of the best prospects in all of baseball when he's coming up. And this is what they dreamed about getting from him. So you get that. You have home field advantage and you still lose. And it's it's gotta be really tough as a Nationals fan to to stomach that. I mean, Strasburg threw fourteen innings, didn't give up a single run, only gave up six hits, struck out twenty two guys. I mean, that's amazing. It's yeah, that's incredible. So what really stung for them was Scherzer pulling his hamstring at the end of this season and not being able to start until game three, which he did well in. Um, but then they brought him back in in game five, which was a weird game. I didn't get to watch all of it. I watched bits and pieces. I, I was following it. But the Nationals jumped out to a 4-1 lead, and then the Cubs took a big lead. And the Nationals scrapped all the way back. But part of the Nationals giving up their lead was Scherzer. You know, they, they wanted him to come in and give a, a Herculean effort. This is the guy you're paying so much money to. And he was terrible in his relief appearance. Well, but to be fair, it doesn't matter how much money you're paying a guy. If his hamstrings hurt and he's on short rest, like the money doesn't all of a sudden make him heal faster. He's not Wolverine. You know what I mean? Right, but I mean, he... He threw really well in game three. I mean, he six and a third innings, he only gave up one hit. Right, but he came in in relief, right? No, that was the game he started. So he started game three. No, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying in game five. Right. He, yeah. So, okay, so the, there's a few issues here with, you know, you're talking about Dusty's management and second guessing. So he pulled him in game three. He had, he had just given up his first hit. In the sick in the seventh inning, and he brought in Sammy Solis, who I don't have no I have no idea who that is. I was gonna say, oh, uh, who is that? <laughs> but he, I'm looking up. He, Sammy Solis, who is a lefty. This is classic Dusty bringing in a lefty, probably to face a lefty. Who had a 5.88 ERA this year. That's you know that's great. So takes out Max Scherzer through 98 pitches. Who's probably going to win the MVP? Or, I mean, the Cy Young, sorry. To bring in Sammy Solis, who promptly gives up two hits, blows a save, and the Nationals lose. And that was probably the series right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they came back and won game four because Strasburg was, you know, amazing. But it's just, Dusty just kills me. And, I mean, he's, some of it's not fair. Some of it is, you know, you hope that, Maybe he had something on Solis against whoever it was. Um, 
but I just, I don't understand why that's a guy who sticks with his vets and he, he takes the ball from a guy who just gave up his first hit and it just, it strikes me as like paranoid managing. You know what I mean? Like he's scared or he overthinks it or yeah. So here's what, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to love it when the nationals hire John Farrell and then make it to the world series next year. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be interesting if they, yeah, bring him back or not. So, I mean, we're entering into Bryce Harper's last year with the nationals. So mm-hmm. they've got some questions they have to answer. <clears throat> so yeah, game five was crazy. The Nationals came all the way back and only lost by one. But wait, it was it was crazy. They were basically the, the Cubs were out of pitchers. They had Wade Davis. <laughs> Wade Davis threw two and a third innings, threw the most pitches he's ever thrown. Good for him. And basically went through the heart of their lineup in the ninth and um, struck out. He got. Trey Turner to pop out, and then he struck out Worth, who was not very good in this series defensively. Um, lost the line drive and blew it. He, I mean, just bad. I mean, he was he's his contract's up, which is crazy. I feel old because I remember when he signed that seven year contract. But I mean, they were talking about he was basically an average player in that seven years, one hundred twenty, you know, six million dollars. He was an average player. But he uh, he gave up that, and then um, Davis struck out him and Harper to end the series. But through 44 pitches, all they had left was the guy they traded from the Dodgers or from the Tigers, um, Wilson, I think. Mm-hmm. Who they I don't think they trust. And then they had John Lackey. Well, okay, two things. If I can cut you off, sorry. That that right there is why they made the way Davis trade to replace Chapman. Mm-hmm. Like. You just got what whatever you gave up worth it for that because it got you through the series. Secondarily, as a Tigers fan, I'm an, I'm I'm annoyed that they don't trust the closer that had what 28, 29 saves when they traded for him. I don't think he's been very good for him ever since they've got him. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> Probably his. But anyway, probably sometimes that when you get traded like that, you try too hard. I don't know. Well, and it's different. It's a different league. It's different batters. It just there's an adjustment period, and it's not great to have that during the playoffs. I understand, um, but I mean, my my whole point in all this was that's why you make the trade for Wade Davis. There's so much right there. There's so much to talk about this game too. So Matt Weeders had two errors, had two errors in a pass ball in one inning. That's the first time it's ever happened, and that was part <laughs> of. I think that was part of the fifth inning when the Cubs scored four uh, to retake the lead. But, um, oh my gosh, there's just so much to talk about. It was a crazy game. Well, and this is this is the game I wasn't able to watch. I was working, and so I had it pulled up on um, our uh, cash register, which is also an iPad. Um, and I was like, oh man, Cubs are going to lose. And then I checked back like, you know, a little while later. I was like, holy crap, the Cubs are going to win. And then it, it got closer and. Uh, it was even from someone who wasn't watching it pitch for pitch, but was still tracking it. Yeah, it was one of those like, oh my gosh, are they going to or are they not? Are they going to or are they not? It was very, uh, you know, it, um, eighth inning. They, the, I mean, the Nationals were calling back. They get it to within one. Wade Davis walks two guys. They bring up Adam Land, who's like six for eight off of them. You know, great lefty pinch hitter option. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the chance. 
first pitch, he grounds into a double play. It was like <laughs> the one thing that the Cubs needed to happen happened. Mm-hmm. And then they got out of that inning, and then he was able to close it down. But it's just, it's, that's just a terrible way to lose. So Dusty Baker has not won a playoff series since 2003, I think. Wow. When he was with the Cubs. Ha, huh, go figure. So ever since the <laughs> uh the Bartman series, I do not believe he has won a world or a, a playoff series. Mm, the curse is real. I Nick. would know as a Reds fan. So <laughs> So Dusty, I think you should just go back into retirement and enjoy it. You won a lot of regular season games as a manager, but I don't know. That team that this was this was a Cubs team that was very beatable. So they didn't get it done. The the effort that you got from Strasburg, I mean that's tough. That's a tough one to swallow for the Nationals. So I mean just looking at I'm looking at the how the Cubs did. So they oh it's just like you're looking at Rizzo. Rizzo was four for twenty at one home run. Chris Bryant was two for 20, 10 strikeouts. Schwarber was one for five. Addison Russell was four for 18. Contreras, three for 14. So, you know, not a lot of uh, MVP hitting performances from the the Cubs hitters. And then their pitchers, um, Hendricks was okay. 11 innings, 327. He He was by far their... I mean, he threw. He started two games against them. That's a guy you gotta be. You gotta beat. Luster was pretty good. Um, Quintana was okay, but I mean, they that was their chance. That's all I'm gonna say. So rough, <laughs> rough series. Could be the beginning of the end for the Nationals, depending on what Harper does after this year. But I mean, how the older Scherzer gets, the older Strasburg gets, the more yeah. the more albatross their contracts get. You could see it going south pretty quickly for the Nationals. Well, I am interested to see what the Nationals do with Harper next year. Like, do they try and trade him? I there's no way they're they're going to try to win, and then he's he's going to be a free, and he's just he's going to walk. He's going to be a free. And they're going to get nothing for him outside of like a compensatory <clears throat> draft pick. Maybe the only thing I can see is if you know Strasburg and Scherzer both get hurt and they're bad and they're out of it in june or july then of course they're probably going to trade him but i just the division is not going to be very good again next year so they're going to be well but but here's my question is like okay the division is not going to be good next year is going to be good the year after that or the year after that like well what what good does keeping a player like bryce harper for one year and then getting nothing for him do for you long term why not trade him when you know he's leaving and make sure that your future is potentially better because you traded him. So if the, they're in first place in July and they trade Bryce Harper, what do you think that fan base is going to do? They're going. They're going to be. They're going to be upset, but he's leaving anyways, and they're probably still going to win the division without him. That's not guaranteed. What they're going to throw two hundred million dollars at him and he's going to stay? They paid yours or a ungodly amount. But the, you can't pay ungodly amounts to every. I just. I'm just saying that's that's not it's it, not. It'll be happen. interesting to see. I just I you can't have a guy that good and let him walk without getting anything in return. That's all I'm saying. I would agree with you more if 
on a small market team, but the Nationals, I mean, that's, they're going to be able to sign people. I mean, they're, they're just not going to trade him. It's not going to happen. They're going to try to sign him at the end of next year and they're probably going to lose him, but you can't, right, you can't just, calendars, people. you can't just trade him like that and it's not going to happen, but yeah, next year is going to have to be it for them. Well, I mean, the, the issue with trading him is that everyone knows it's his last year and everyone knows the Yankees are a desired location. So you're not going to get much for him. I mean, is he that much better than JD Martinez? And what did JD Martinez get back? Well, all right. Uh, I, I I know you're saying that Bryce Harper is not Jeannie Martinez and vice versa, but when you look at value, like corner outflow values. No, that's, that's okay. It's a fair point. Your point is taken and that, that cuts my argument, you know, down, but I just, you can't, it's hard for me to swallow teams letting potential franchise players go for nothing. You know, what happened to Oklahoma city, Kevin Durant. Yeah. And well, and the lions just letting Calvin Johnson retire. Like it's his choice, obviously, but I would rather them see him, see them trade him to a winner. His last year, knowing he's done and try to get, I mean, something is better than nothing. Two, two, three, or four prospects is better than zero prospects. Even if they don't pan out, at least you have potential. Is all I'm trying to say. And I get that trading him would, you know, would upset the fan base, but there's no guarantee he's going to sign. And if you get the inclination in the front office that he, he's not going to sign, no matter what you throw at him, and do you really want to ruin the potential of your franchise by throwing another max deal at a guy? Like I just don't know. I mean, there's too many fa- there's too many factors. Is all I'm saying. Completely analytically, it makes sense. It's probably smart. But we're talking about a franchise that's never won a World Series in a sports market that hasn't won a championship since the Redskins in the '80s. So there, you don't get too many shots at this, and you don't have too many shots at having the best player in the. I mean, it's a similar argument. I mean, that's why I was, I mean, it's a little bit different than, you know, when Peyton Manning was hurt with the Colts and they were terrible. But I mean, the the Nationals aren't going to be terrible without them. They'll still be a, a decent team. They still got some really good players on that team. Right. And that's my point for trading him is you probably can still win the division without him. Maybe next I mean, they, year. They, yeah. they, they clinched it what? With like a month and a half left or something absurd like that? Maybe not that long. <laughs> like three but weeks. Like, so Yeah, like three weeks. Still, they clinched their playoff spot before any other team. Because the rest of the teams in that division are not good. Hey, it's going to be a fascinating storyline to watch over the next year. <clears throat> I'm sure we will be talking about it quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know why the Nationals get me so fired up. I, <laughs> I've, never, I've never even been to D.C. <laughs> well, for me... It, yeah, it's the combination of they're just it's set up so well for them right now, and they can't mm-hmm. they can't even win in a series. It's yeah, gotta be frustrating. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you said. So yeah, Cubs Dodgers repeat of last year. So different. It's in Dodgers have the home field advantage this year. They got Kershaw in game one, so they they got a a nice game one win. There was a little bit of controversy with the. 
there was a, a player thrown out at home last night. It was the Dodgers were winning three to two in the eighth, but they inv- actually invoked the Wilson Contreras actually stuck his foot out and blocked the plate and actually called the runner safe, which gave the Dodgers a four two. Which of course John Madden lost his mind. And he completely disagreed with the call. Talked about it. Joe Madden. Talk. Sorry, Joe Madden. <laughs> been watching football today but that was so that was a point of controversy it wouldn't have changed last night because dodgers were were winning at the time and they ended up winning five to two they've got the you know one of the two best closes in the game he took care of business after that but so they they got a off to a good start last night and then i think it's tied one to one in the sixth at this point so dodgers could they uh take a 2-0 series lead I, I like their chances to, to finally break their curse, but um, that's another one where I, I don't see a sweep or anything like that. I could see that game going six, or that series going six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. The Cubs are not going to give up easily for sure. But yeah. The, it's all, it's set up so well for the Dodgers with how, I mean, the national or the Cubs were, they used all their pitchers and, you know, Wade Davis through 44 pitches is so I mean they're not at full strength these first two games until they get that off day so Lester seems to be doing pretty well tonight but this is the chance I mean the Dodgers are rested they have their rotation set they've got you know four really good pitchers going here you know when you got you Darvish starting game three that's pretty solid yeah so the only thing the only thing is Corey Seager is going to miss this series because he's having back issues so I mean, that's one of their better players. So, but um, they still got a still got a good lineup. Puig had a really good game last night. If if he, I mean, he's hitting seventh for them. So if he comes back and you know he has all the talent in the world, but if he starts hitting, the Dodgers are going to be tough to beat. But you know, we'll we will at this point next week we should either know or be very close to knowing um the world series matchups so like we talked about so yeah if if uh the cubs dodgers goes full game seven would be next sunday night so unless that goes seven we'll know so i'll be excited to talk about that but at this point i'm really hoping for an astros dodgers world series that'd be a lot of fun yeah agreed it would be a ton of fun we'd love to see kershaw and Verlander um, in the World Series again. Kershaw for the first time. He's a really good guy. I like him. But uh, it would be a little bit new, too, as opposed to seeing the Dirty Cubs again. All right. Enough of that. They're not from Cleveland. So. <laughs> oh, Chicago is I know, I worse in my mind. Oh, but it's such a good city. Not sports-wise. So Yeah. I grew up. That we, can agree. we can agree on that. Okay. We can agree on that. Nothing against the people who live there, but but Bears fans <laughs> are really annoying. I will say that. You know, the worst. Oh yeah, Bears and Blackhawks fans. Oh. oh, and guess what? I married into. I don't miss the Bears being bad lately. It's been nice to not have to hear from A certain friends we have. But they keep interviewing Mike Ditka about things, which I'm... Oh, and he needs to shut his mouth. He needs to shut his mouth. Let's not Mike, talk about just that. just go away. <laughs> yeah. 
on that terrible uh, idea, let's just uh, bid our dear listeners adieu. And we'll be back in uh, a week's time with um, a World Series preview. That's exciting. Very exciting. So if you if you get the chance, listeners, watch some playoff baseball if you haven't. It's well worth your time. Yes, and real quick before we go, uh, listeners, if you want to say hey to Nick or I or you want to write into the show, you can get Nick on Twitter at Coatsy, C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E. I'm at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. You can email us um, hello at supermegacorp.net or you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash supermegacorp. And to those that donate to us on Patreon, we think you're awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, that's it for the business. Anything else, Nick? Uh, That's it. All right. See ya. See you next week.